Welcome to Good Things Podcast. I'm your host, Emily Honey. There are a lot of negative, discouraging, and even scary things going on in the world today. It's easy for me to start catastrophizing if I focus on it long enough, but the Bible tells us that God works for the good of those who love Him. And as we read more of the Bible, we can see that good doesn't always mean easy. And this is the podcast that reminds us that God is good, no matter what the circumstances and whether we believe it or not, because life is hard and messy, but God is good and doesn't change. Welcome to Good Things Podcast. I'm Emily Honey, and I am your host, and a lot has happened in the past two weeks since the last episode came out, and the world just feels a bit more uncertain Or maybe that's just me that's feeling that way. But whatever you may be feeling, I feel like a good place to start is just to ask God for help. And so I don't normally start by praying. So if this is your first time listening, this isn't really how I normally start the episode. But I just wanted to pray for our world today because it feels a little little crazy and a little out of control. So let's just pray before we get started. God, thank you that you are in control no matter what is happening in the world. Father, I just pray for wisdom for the leaders in the world that they would be able to work out peace. I pray for the people, especially the people who are being affected by attacks and um, fighting. I pray that you would just give them peace and safety And God, most of all, I just pray that people would come to know you, that out of this horrific situation that's happening, that you would be glorified and that the people would give their hearts and their lives to you. And we just rest in the comfort of knowing that you're in control, even when circumstances seem horrible and wrong and out of control. In your name we pray. Amen. All right. Well, today I get to chat with Greta Eskridge. And if you don't know who she is, you're in for a real treat. She is absolutely delightful. And we talk about creating connection through adventures. She is especially big into adventuring with your children. But if you do not have children or are not married, this is still for you. So don't tune out right now. Don't turn this off and go, because we do talk about going on adventures in the context of just with friends or with spouses, because any type of adventuring with people creates connection. So just keep that in mind as you're listening. And this may seem like, you know, a big jump in topic from what's happening in the world today, but I actually think that connecting with loved ones and going on adventures and doing things that are hard cause us to grow in character and relationships and can really help us better face the difficulties in the world around us. So I think that this is actually really relevant for us in times of difficulty in the world today. So I also, I easily forget that the world is a wonderful, beautiful, exciting place. I am really good at looking at negative things, which is why I have this podcast to help remind me specifically, and all of you, but mostly me, that God is good and that there are wonderful things in the world as well. And Greta just reminds us of that with so much enthusiasm. It's 
really contagious, her love for the world and for adventuring and for just finding joy in tiny things. And it's, it's contagious and it's really the kind of thing that I want to catch. So let's listen. Hi, Greta. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks so much for being on the show. I'm really excited to talk to you. Oh, thanks. I'm excited to be here. It's, it's great. I love it. Good. Thank you. Well, if you'll just go ahead and start by telling us a little bit about yourself and then we'll dive into like why I asked you on the show and all that. So, yeah. Um, so I am uh, a second generation homeschooling mom of four. Um, I, my parents homeschooled my brother and I in the eighties wow. and um, I loved it so much that I decided to homeschool my own kids in between, I was a public high school English teacher, which I also loved. But then when I started having, when we started having kids, I just realized that I wanted to be able to spend more time with my kids because I knew how fleeting it was. Mm-hmm. My oldest will be 18 in a few months. So it yeah. is indeed fleeting. It goes really fast. Yeah. Um, so we have been um, homeschooling together for the last 13 years. And um, my kids are almost 18, 16, 13, and, um, 10. Uh, my husband and I have been married for 20, almost 24 years and he's an artist. I'm a writer and we just love, like, we love art. We love books, but we love nature and adventure. Lots of time camping and being outdoors so yeah, I, I write and I speak in my spare time <laughs> in all your all spare night time. when I write <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> as I fall asleep over my computer. Uh-huh. Um, and, uh, yeah, those are just some of the things that, that keep me busy these days. That's awesome. And so where are you located? We live in Southern California and, um, second generation Californian lived here my whole life. So it's going to be 90 today. It's February. And, um, that feels a little warm to me because, uh, I know some people that are listening to this are probably like, it's, you know, the dead of winter, but I'm like, I'm at least like a cloudy, like 60 degree day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) We've had a really warm winter. Oh, wow. That's crazy. Yeah. We live in Texas in the Dallas area. And so it's, it's, varied a lot this year. Like we'll get really cold days and they'll get beautiful days, like 60 degrees and whatnot. So 60 sounds great. 90 feels warm for February. Yeah. It generally happens. I can think of many times I've held our, we have an adventure club and Mm -hmm. um, we do a Valentine's party every year. And there have been quite a few Valentine's parties where it's 90 degrees and the kids, like we don't, we didn't bring enough drinks and everybody's yeah. like, we're dying. It's so hot. We're like, it's yeah. supposed to be winter, but you yeah. know, Southern California, there are perks. We get to be to the tide pools yes. and um, go to the beach when it gets 90 summer or winter. So yeah. that's nice. That is nice. That's amazing. Yeah. Here we just go inside. <laughs> it's so hot or go to the pool, I guess, go to the pool. Cause it's so pool's hot. Good. Yeah. The pool's good. So you are really passionate about going on adventures you mentioned and being outside and taking your kids with you and helping them learn to adventure and helping others do the same. That's what some of your writing and speaking and stuff is about. So tell me a little bit about how you became passionate about that. Well, I think I just was kind of born with a love of adventure. Mm-hmm. Um, but growing up, I didn't get to do it as much as I liked, partly because just circumstances growing up, 
my family, we didn't have a lot. And so Mm -hmm. my dad worked a lot and he was the head adventurer. Mm -hmm. And when he was gone, um, he would take our one car with us. And so, um, we would be home with my mom and my mom loves being home. She just Mm -hmm. loves to have a cup of tea and work in the garden, read a book. Those Mm -hmm. are her, her three faves. So she wasn't taking us out on a lot of adventures, but also she had physical limitations that made it really hard for her too. So we didn't get to go out on adventures as much as I wanted, but I would say the one thing that my mom was able to do with us and that she did so well was we adventured a lot through books Uh and um, we read so many books together with stories of kids and families who went on amazing adventures and lived in amazing places. And, and that really fueled the fire that was in me so that, um, I had like this, this base growing up of love for traveling and adventure, Mm -hmm. even though I didn't get to do very much of it myself. Mm -hmm. And so when I had kids, I then had the freedom to pursue those things that were passions inside my heart that had been lit as a little girl. And my oldest was, I had, so I can remember I had a five-year-old, a three-year-old and a one-year-old, and I sort of felt a little bit claustrophobic (laughs) (laughs) because when you have three little kids in your home every day and your, your world revolves around nap time and snacks and Mm -hmm. sweeping up the crumbs after snacks and Mm -hmm. picking up the toys all day long. And I just felt like I was getting, too focused on the chores and yeah. the, the practical things that I had to do every day that were an important part of my life. But it was causing me to, like I said, feel like it was a little bit claustrophobic, a little closed in. Yeah. And I wanted to bring more joy into motherhood. I wanted to like have time where I looked at my kids in the eyes instead of just focused on, okay, well, it's time for nap time. And mm-hmm. what does our schedule say? And so I decided we would go on an adventure. And, um, we went and it was not like arousing success. <laughs> uh, I had, you know, the one-year-old in a backpack on the back and we went at like sort of close to dusk and cause it had cooled down enough. It, this was like summer mm-hmm. and we, we were hiking down a trail that, you know, the, the docent told me, Hey, there's mountain lions. You need to be careful and oh, rattlesnakes and right. coyotes. <laughs> this is where I had grown up. So I wasn't really freaked out by it. I was like, yeah, yeah. I know. Like I got it lady. Yeah. <laughs> I was a little, I was a little prideful. Oh. Um, and so we're walking down the trail and I hear like what sounds like 5 million rattlesnakes surrounding me. And it was just the sound of the wind in the dry grass and sort of certain bugs that make the sound, but it it was like, okay, that's not right. No, that's not 5 million rattlesnakes. And then, then we saw a coyote, which I'm not afraid of coyotes, but for a split second, I was sure it was a mountain lion. And I realized like, okay, well, we can adventure together, but maybe it'd be great to adventure with some friends. And that was when I started kind of this formulating an idea of an adventure club and having a group of friends that I went without, went out with every week and they would become part of our school actually. And Mm -hmm. so our group has been together for 13 years. We adventure every single week together. It's a group of moms and kids of all ages. Our group spans 17 
to like a toddler. Mm -hmm. And, um, we hike together every week and adventure and explore the world. And it has given me and my kids so much confidence as adventurers that now we do adventure together. We go camping, just the four, the five of us and do things that I would have been afraid to do at the beginning. But now here we are, it started small, but we've grown so much. Yeah. I love that. I read your book adventuring together when it came out a couple of years ago and I'm more like your mom. Like I love staying at home and I love, you know, working in my garden and reading a book and drinking a cup of tea. But my husband is very like you. He loves adventure. In fact, he needs physical activity. And I have two boys and they are very much like my husband. They love adventure and they need physical activity. And I was just felt very overwhelmed by the prospect of trying to take them out and do things. And reading your book really encouraged me. And a friend of mine who had also read it, uh, we actually started an adventure club. It's kind of during COVID it's kind of died out, but I'm trying to resurrect it with other friends so that we can keep adventuring because we've loved it. And I've seen even in just like a year and a half or so, since we started the adventure club with our other friends, just how much more comfortable I am. Like, just like, okay, we're just going to go and we're just going to see. And, you know, if I didn't pack enough snacks, I like to be prepared, which is part of why it's hard for me to go. Cause I'm like, I need to be prepared for everything, but I don't because it's going to be okay. And I can have all that stuff in the car. I don't have to carry it all with me or whatever. So, um, so it's been really impactful in my life and in the life of our kids. And we're even like, for my birthday, I'm not even a person who loves to travel. So for my birthday, we're actually going on a little trip to go to some national, some like state parks and do some hiking and look at dinosaur fossils. And it's something that I would never have done a couple of years ago. So if you're at all like me and you're listening, you should definitely read Greta's book adventuring together. Cause it was hugely impactful in my life. My husband says, thank you. to Aww. you. <laughs> I love that. Well, I think it is really important to recognize that we are all at different spots on the spectrum of adventuring. And that was one of my favorite parts of the book was to really help moms wherever they were, whether they were just getting started and they need to start small, start Mm -hmm. where they are, or they're ready to, you know, spread their wings and, you know, climb Mount Everest with their family, go for it. Um, But to never feel like wherever you are on that spectrum, to never feel that you're less than. In fact, one of my favorite chapters in the book was when I talk about, you know, we compare ourselves all the time, especially Mm -hmm. now in the age of social media. And we think if we're not the family that's climbing Mount Everest or going to Iceland and we don't have all the right gear that, that our adventures don't count, but they really do. I mean, I think about my first adventures with my kids where we were just going to nature centers and Mm -hmm. just hiking those trails that were well-marked and, and nobody could get lost. And there was a bathroom. Nobody had to pee in the woods right? or bathrooms and yes. water um, faucets to fill up our bottles. But those adventures counted because that's where we were at yeah. the time. And um, 
we don't need, we didn't need to compare ourselves to anybody else's grander adventures because our adventures were grand and our kids, especially think whatever it is that we're doing is awesome because they're not saying, well, mom, I mean, the nature center is cool, but it really would count if we actually were um, climbing the um, mountains of the Himalayas. Like they they wouldn't say that. They're just stoked to get out. You know, they just are so happy that we are taking them outside and exploring together and learning. And there's new things to see and do and that they can move their bodies. Mm -hmm. Like that's what they care about. So we don't have to try to impress our kids. We don't have to try to impress anybody. We just start where we are and it's wonderful. Yeah, it is. It is wonderful. And I think that was one of the things that was also really encouraging to me about your book is just that you weren't, you weren't making anybody feel lesser. You weren't making anybody feel like they had to start in a big way, but it was just like, turn left instead of turn right on your walk, like yeah. <laughs> just do something Ooh. small, like yeah. go a different way. And that's, that's good enough. And that's a good starting spot. So yeah, I love that. So you have another book coming out in March, which I'm very excited about. I already pre-ordered mine. I cannot wait to get it um, because I love, I love, I'm going to let you talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. So you tell me about it because I'm, I'm really excited about it. <laughs> um, okay. It's called hundred days of adventure. And so I'm sticking with the theme of adventure, but this one's for kids. Mm-hmm. And the idea behind the book is, is similar to my first book, which is adventuring together. And that's a book for parents to and extend an invitation to their own kids to say, Hey, let's adventure together. So this book sort of flips it around and it's a book for kids. And it has, as the name implies, a hundred different adventures for kids and they're divided up seasonally. So there's 25 adventures for each season of the year. And some of them are adventures that your child can do on their own, but um, there are quite a few that are adventures that they're going to need your involvement because I didn't want to make an activity book where parents could just give it to their kids and say, here you go. Right. And stay out of my hair. Yeah. Because while I I understand that we like those and we need those sometimes, Mm -hmm. but I feel like there are a lot of those. There are a lot of things we can do to give we can give to our kids to keep them busy. But I wanted this to be a book where a kid could look at something and say, wow, this sounds, this sounds so fun. This sounds so interesting. This sounds so exciting. I want to try it. And to say, mom and dad, will you adventure with me? Because really for me, I love adventuring, but adventuring is not the goal. The goal is connection. Adventure is the vehicle. So the vehicle of adventure creates connection. And I want um, parents to connect with kids and I want kids to connect with parents. And so this book is just full of opportunities for kids to invite their parents into connection and to say, will you adventure with me? I had a lot of fun writing it because I kind of imagined myself back as an eight-year-old girl and remembered what would Greta like to do when she Mm -hmm. was this age. And some of them were things I did when I was little. And some of them were things I dreamed of doing when I was little. And some of them are things I've done with my kids. And some are things my kids said, you need to put this idea in the book. And um, so it's just full of a lot of fun stuff. And I hope it will really encourage kids and parents to step into new places and new ideas and try new things. Yeah. I love that, that adventure adventuring is not the goal. It's the vehicle 
for connection. Yeah, that's really good. I really like that a lot. That's great. And so clearly you're passionate about parents and kids connecting through adventures, but what about people who maybe don't have kids? I do have some listeners who don't have children or who are single. And so what kinds of things do you think, like how could adventuring benefit them as well? Oh yeah. Um, (laughs) Gosh, if you're, if you don't have kids, you are not out of this conversation because adventure, that's the thing is adventure creates connection. So I think if you can think of ways that you can adventure with, um, if you're married with your spouse or with your friends, I have, uh, several friends that I've had the opportunity to travel with and to take adventures with that connection that comes from us having those adventures together Mm -hmm. is so special and so dear because we've, we've had these unique experiences that just bond us together. And then the, the moms that I adventure with weekly in our adventure club, I mean, we have years and years of shared experiences, shared adventures that we can remember. Oh my gosh. Do you remember when we went on that hike and it was way hotter than we expected and we were running out of water and we had to send some people back to the, you know, to the Mm -hmm. docents to fill up the water bottles and bring water back. And so our friendship has been really formed beautifully through our adventuring together. So I think adventuring with our friends, it's, it feels harder to do as, as moms, I think, especially because we're like, well, we don't have time to do that. You know, um, we're lucky if we can squeeze in a coffee together or going out to dinner feels like a big adventure. Um, And sometimes it is because that's the place in life where you are, but just like we would do with our own children. What if you dared to dream a little bigger and you said, Hey, instead of going out to dinner tonight, let's go to this place and go for a walk and somewhere new, or let's just drive to a different town and try a different coffee shop. Like that's an adventure because you're doing something out of the ordinary. You don't, again, you don't have to fly with your friend to another city and, you know, spend more time than or money than you have. It can just be as simple as going to someplace different because the adventure is trying something new, getting outside of your regular routine and it just builds connections. So I think adventuring with friends, adventuring with your spouse, those are fantastic ways to create connection and make new memories together. Yeah. I love that. And I just think of so many, while you're talking to so many examples in my own life of like before I had kids, or even when my husband and I will do things just ourselves together, that they are adventures. I wouldn't have thought of them that way previously, but I'm like, those were like adventures and really solidified, you know, the relationship and the connection. So I love that so much. I mean, just one quick story. My best friend and I years ago, I was single, she was married and I did not live in the same city. So I drove three and a half hours to stay with her and we needed, I needed to go to Ikea for my job. And so we went to Ikea together. Yes. And I don't know if I'd been to Ikea before, but maybe like once. And it was like, we packed her car full of multiple chairs. She drove like a Jetta 
And there was like this plant coming in between us and like the whole back. We weren't sure we could get all the furniture that we bought in that tiny Jetta. And it was just so hilarious. We laughed so hard and still laugh about it. And, you know, I wouldn't have been like, that was an adventure, but it really was. Yeah, <laughs> it really was. So it can just be a trip to Ikea where you pack a small car too full and just find it hilarious. So I love that because, yeah, because it's the creating of connections. That's so important that adventures just really bring us together. So what is one of your most memorable adventures? I know you've had a lot of adventures over the years. Well, I think like there are a lot of really good ones, but I think the misadventures are the ones that stand out the most because, you know, in the moment, it seems like everything's going wrong. And then later on, you can either be glad you made it out (laughs) (laughs) or you even laugh about it. And, um, like our family, we have a a saying, it'll make a great story later. Yes. I've said that. I've said that because of your book, like we were stuck in the ice on a hill and I was like, this is going to make a great story later guys. (laughs) Yeah. And when you can remember that in the moment, it's so helpful because it it sort of snaps you back to reality, but it also helps your kids. I think it's such a powerful growth mindset tool Mm -hmm. because it helps you, your kids realize, okay, right now things feel bad, but this is, this does not last forever. And later on, we're even going to be able to tell the story and laugh about it or enjoy it. Mm -hmm. And so the misadventures always stand out to me as even more fun. I think sometimes than the stories of the adventures where everything went just according to plan, even if those were really awesome. Mm -hmm. So I think about when I took my kids for the first time, we went camping together, just us without my husband. And I of course decided we would go big or go home. We drove (laughs) Like Northern California, which California is a huge state, oh, not as yeah. huge as Texas, but it's huge. But it's really so, long. Like very I feel long. Like you go so, a long way if you're going from the yeah. south to the north. Yeah, yeah. So we drove it. We we actually had to stay overnight halfway through the trip because it was so long. Yeah. We were going to a campground that was not like an official campground. It was one I found on like one of those like hip camp websites where uh-huh. it's a private campground, and we pull up. Like we had to drive, you know, like eight miles off the main road Mm -hmm. and no cell service. And there's like, we pull onto this, into this property and there's like this kind of like, it looks like it's haunted house, abandoned house, (laughs) dogs barking and we pull up to the campsite and, and the kids are like, this, this is where we're camping. And I'm like, yeah, it's going to be awesome. So and we were all kind of freaked out. We're like, maybe we should go back and try to find a campsite at that real campground. That's mm-hmm. back like a long ways back. And, uh, it, you know, it was just kind of felt a little eerie because we were completely alone. We weren't used to doing this without dad, but then we, we walked down into where the campsite was and it was on this beautiful river and there was a fire pit and we set up our tent and it was absolutely stunningly beautiful. Mm -hmm. And it's one of our favorite memories, even though we were a little on edge the whole time (laughs) we were staying here because we weren't sure if some either wild animal was going to attack us or some scary person was going to come out of that abandoned house. And so we were a little nervous the whole time, but, but now we look back with such fondness because it was one of the most beautiful campsites we'd ever had the privilege to stay at. And 
we did it. Like we did it by ourselves. We were brave and we were, you know, I have my two older boys are scouts. So they were able to put up the tent with no problem. They were able to build the fire. Um, we didn't, you know, blow up the stove. Like we did it all ourselves and we were fine. It was great. It was a great trip. Yeah. That's amazing. And I feel like also just the confidence that that builds to like, be able to do it again. Like, Hey, we made it. We didn't die. Nobody came out of that creepy house or no animal. Like at the end of that trip, like we, we weren't our, our time at that campsite ended, but we weren't ready to go home yet. Mm -hmm. And so we went to where the main campground was and we went and talked to the ranger and he's like, well, the main campground's full, but if you guys want to just do camping, like off the side of the road, there's a lot of campgrounds, a lot of camping that you can do that here. It's on, um, BLM land and it's free camping. There's no facilities, you know, there's no bathrooms, there's no developed campsites, but he's like, I'll show you some spots and you can just do it. And we were like, yeah, we could do that because we had built up some confidence, you know, like before that trip started a few days before we would have been like, oh no, that sounds like a little too much. But now we were like, yeah, we could do that because we had built that confidence just in a few days. And, um, I think, like you said, like building that confidence in our kids, showing them that they can do that stuff. That's so powerful. It translates into every other part of their life. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I love that. That's a really fun story. I love that. Yeah, that is a great story. So how would you encourage somebody like me, who's maybe a little hesitant or nervous about adventuring? Because like, I hear that story and I'm like, yeah, that sounds awesome. I want to do that. But especially before I read your book, your adventuring together book, I was like, no, that's not like, that's not possible for me. Like I can't do it. So what would you say to encourage somebody who feels really hesitant to, you know, or nervous to, to adventure with or without kids? Well, I would say, um, don't start by planning a a camping trip. That's 12 hours away. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> remote campsite in Good the middle point. of the wilderness. <laughs> Good That's point. not where you start. You got to start where you are. And that might not even mean camping in your backyard. If yeah. you want to do a camp out and, um, you don't feel comfortable setting up the tent and using all of the stuff yourself, like do it in your backyard, because then if you know, you, the camp stove doesn't work, go inside and use your oven. Yeah. Um, Or if you're like, well, we're not much of hikers do what I did when I started and start with those nature trails. Almost every town has nature centers or there's one within, you know, a 30 minute drive of your house and a nature center is great because the trails are marked and there are docents there who will tell you what animals and plants to look for. And and like I said, there's bathrooms because you might think I will never pee in the woods. Yes. So (laughs) I thought that previously, but I have changed. I have changed (laughs) It's to start and to start building up those muscles. It's like working out. Like you, if you're going to, if you haven't worked out, you don't jump into a CrossFit class and pick up a, you know, 200 pound weights to bench press. Like that's not where you're going to start because you will fail and you'll never go back. You start small. You start by saying, I'm going to walk for 30 minutes today. And so you start where you're at 
and then you grow because after you've gotten used to nature centers and you're going to look for more in your area and try new ones. And then you're going to be like, okay, guys, I think we can do a trail that isn't marked and doesn't have a sidewalk. And we're going to, we're going to look at a trail map and we're going to be a little more, um, we're going on a little bit of a bigger adventure. Are you ready? And your kids will be like, yeah, we're doing it. We're doing it. We're, we can, we're awesome. And you're going to look on Google or a Facebook group or wherever, and you're going to find trails that are great for kids. So literally you could go on Google and you could type in trails that are good for kids in whatever area you live. So I would type in Southern California trails that are great for kids. And I would find like five of the best trails with reviews from parents like me who say, this is a great trail. And you would try those trails and you would just keep growing from there. I love that. And tell me a little bit about how you would continue, how you've encouraged your kids. Cause kids get tired as they're going. I mean, we get tired as we're going, even, especially when you're starting, I think, cause they haven't built maybe the mental stamina as well yeah. as the physical stamina, um, or they may be little, like when you took your, your kids and my kids are five and seven, they've got pretty decent stamina because of their dad, I think, but, <laughs> but they still wear out faster. So what do you, what kinds of things you do to like encourage them and even yourself to keep going? Like you're not close to the car. You have to make it back. What yeah. do you do? Well, that's where preparation, like you talked about, that's key. I think it's really helpful to give them their own backpack with some supplies in there that encourage them to feel like they are adventurers. Mm -hmm. Um, not a big backpack. You want it to be small, but they should carry their own water because then they don't have to wait for you when they're thirsty Mm -hmm. and they should have some snacks to give them power. And at least one of those snacks should be something that feels like a treat, whatever that is for your family. So if the treat for your family is, you know, a bag of chips or a bag of, you know, carrots and hummus, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. something that makes it feel like, oh, this is something I've earned as I've walked on this trail. Um, So they should have some snacks that they can have that that you have given them freedom to access when, whenever they want, because I think with freedom and independence there, that gives us some fuel to be empowered to like keep going. Right. But that also means because, you know, with some kids, they're going to eat it all within the first five minutes because Mm -hmm. they don't understand that they need to pace it out that you have extras packed in your backpack. Right. And you remind them, Hey, you want to spread those snacks out. You want to spread your water out the whole, the whole route. You don't drink it all in the first um, half of the hike. You get to save some for the other half. So you teach them those things and you have extras in your pack if they forget because they're learning. And then I would say you also have in your pack, your secret weapon, which is something like a lollipop or gum or candy or raisins, or again, whatever is (laughs) a real treat treat for your family that you hold off until that last bit of the hike where they're really struggling. And you're like, guess what? We have lollipops. Let's see if we can make them last for the rest of the hike or um, have one reason every 20 steps and see how long you can make it go. But those things, they seem like no big deal, but they really help. I also suggest if your kid's struggling and they're tired, you say, Hey, can I help you by carrying your backpack? And you set a timer on your phone and you carry their backpack for five minutes and they take their backpack off. And it's like, Ooh, I feel great. And they like take off 
And um, you are not like enabling them to be lazy. You are coming alongside them and you're saying, Hey, I want to help carry your load when you're struggling because I love you. I'm not going to do it the whole hike. I'm going to set my timer, but you are showing them in a moment where they're feeling tired and they're struggling Mm -hmm. that you are always going to help them. And I think that is a a really powerful reminder too for the rest of their life as a child growing up that they know their parent is going to come alongside and help them when they're struggling. And then you give it back and you might have to do that for the rest of that hike, but that's okay Mm -hmm. because they're learning, they're growing and you are there to help them with it. So those are some of the things that I've done with my kids when they've gotten tired on hikes. It's okay to sit and take rests. It's okay mm-hmm. to sing as you hike, to play games. I spy oh, yeah. um, to stop and pray. That's something our family does when we're really struggling. The hard times are really good places to practice growth yeah. and to be like, be on each other's team. Yeah, I love that to be on each other's team. And, and I also love like the, they always know that you're there to help them, but you're also going to let them try on their own too, for a little bit, yeah. you're going to be there. And I think that can also hopefully eventually teach empathy so they can see when others are struggling, they can come alongside and and give some help as well. So, yeah, we can't expect our kids to be empathetic if we haven't showed them ourselves. And I will say now that I'm on the end of having big kids who have adventured with me from the time they were really little, Mm -hmm. you know, my sons are um, almost 18, almost 16. And uh, they just went on a camp out last weekend with their boy scouts and they took a bunch of cub scouts camping and they, it it actually got really cold at night. It dropped down into the thirties and my boys love to sleep under the stars. They don't like to sleep in a tent. So they had, um, they did not pack a tent purposefully. Uh Um, and they did not check the, the weather temp for how cold it would be at night. They just, they're like, we have warm sleeping bags. I didn't check what they packed. They just packed for themselves yeah. because I know they're competent, but I also knew it was freezing at night mm-hmm. <laughs> and they packed jackets, but they didn't pack beanies or gloves and they didn't have a tent. They just had sleeping bags and it was windy and cold. And when I picked them up, they're like, mom, it was so freezing at night, <laughs> but they survived. Like they're like, but we knew it was, it would be fine in the morning. Yeah. It was rough at night, but we were fine. And I think that that's because they, they were able to do that because we've practiced those skills for years yeah. being like, it's tough right now, but we'll get through. Yeah. And that, like I said, those lessons translate to all parts of their lives. And, um, I think those are just one of, that's just one of the benefits of adventuring with our kids. Yeah. But this is going to make a great story later. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, that's so good. So when does your new book come out and how can people get it? So it releases March 29th. That's when you could hold it in your hands. If you want to order it before then, then you just go to Amazon or your other favorite online book retailer and you pre-order. That means you don't have to pay for it until the book comes to you, but you just pre-order it, say, I'm getting in line and getting this book. If you do that, I have lots of fun pre-order gifts for you that are all digital things that you can get. You just find, you can find me on Instagram 
Um, my name there is Ma and Pa Modern, or you could just search Greta Eskridge and I'll come up too. And I have links for the book, links for the pre-order gifts and um, just all the stuff that you might need. Yeah. And I will post all those in the show notes as well to make it easy awesome. for people to find. So they can get that and pre-order it and get the the fun goodies. Cause I've done that. Cause I was like, yes, I want these downloads. <laughs> I obviously need this. <laughs> they are super fun. And some of them, your kids did. Yeah. It's yeah. Really the cool. Coloring sheets. My yeah. daughter drew coloring sheets and they're really great. And my yeah. son designed a poster yeah. that your kid could hang up in their room. So there's some fun stuff in there. I tried to make it something that moms would be like, yeah, I could use this right now. Okay. Yes. <laughs> I like, I, and yes, exactly. I was like, I can't use this today. Great. <laughs> I love that. Oh man. It has been so fun to talk to you. I have one more question before I ask the final question though. I saw on Instagram, on your Instagram that you're a sprinkle influencer. I need to know a little bit more about that. I watched all the stories, but just tell me a little bit about the sprinkles briefly, if you will. Um, I just get excited by a lot of things in the world. I think the world is a really exciting place. And one of the things that randomly excited me was finding uh, sprinkles from Holland Mm -hmm. when I was out shopping at uh, world market because they have, you know, food from around the world at that store. And I saw these sprinkles that a friend of mine, we were reading a book about Um, that took place in Holland and her mom is Dutch. And she's like, Oh, I have to tell you about sprinkles that we had for breakfast every morning. And I was like, what sprinkles for breakfast? Are you kidding? She's like, no, they're not like sprinkles here. They're delicious. And you put them on bread with butter. They're these chocolate sprinkles were my favorite. And my mom would give them to us for breakfast every morning. And I was like, sounds like a great breakfast. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, this sounds great. But also that's the weirdest thing I've ever heard. What sprinkles on bread for breakfast. And, And then I saw them at world market. I'm like, Oh, these are the sprinkles. And so I had to buy them mm-hmm. and, and we tried them and we were like, Oh, they're delicious. This yeah. is why they have sprinkles because they really taste like chocolate. Not like, I don't know. I feel like our they sprinkles like wax or something. Yeah. They're waxy and plasticky or and chocolate. I don't like yeah. them at all, yeah. but these were chocolate and they were delish. And so that just sent me down like a rabbit hole like sprinkles on bread in the Netherlands is huge. Like friends from the Netherlands sent me pictures of like their sprinkle section at the grocery store. And it's huge. It's like six shelves. And they're like our sprinkles associated with the birth of babies, like special sprinkles you eat on bread when a baby's born and just so much stuff. And so I said, well, now I'm a sprinkle influencer because all yes. these people are buying sprinkles from Holland. <laughs> yeah, I am definitely going to get some of those because my kids love sprinkles. And I think it's because they just love putting something on something yeah. like they want them on their pancakes. Yeah. They want them on everything. And they're, they're great in pancakes. Yeah. But the ones we have are gross. Like they're yeah. not the good kind. And so I'm like, yeah. we're going to. And gonna these actually have good ingredients. They're not just chemicals and corn yeah. syrup. They're real cocoa and yeah they're, they're good. And, and I think like, to me, the best thing about the sprinkles was it just shows like you could find the smallest thing. And because of that, you learn so much about a country or another place, because I've learned so much about, about the Netherlands and about like connected with people Mm -hmm. through this, through sprinkles, because the world is exciting and the world is awesome. And 
honestly, anything could be an adventure, even sprinkles. I love it. I love it. I love that very much because I love the idea of sprinkles that taste good. And I love that the world's a wonderful place. So that's <laughs> so good. Thank you for sharing about your sprinkles. So my last question, what we ask everybody at the end of the show is what is something good in your life right now? Because this is good things podcast. And so I just want to focus on the good things in the world. Well, um, I already covered my new book and sprinkles, so yeah. um, I won't talk about those, what's good in my life, but I think <laughs> one good thing in my life is watching my kids grow up, which yeah. I know that feels like, uh, like counterintuitive because we don't want our kids to grow up, but I have these teen boys who are both stepping out into new things and really growing and pushing themselves to try and do new things. And it's, it's amazing. Mm -hmm. Like it feels really beautiful because I think, okay, we did it. Like we're going to be okay. And, um, our years of homeschooling have, have worked and they're ready to fly and they're excited and it's beautiful to watch. It's, it's a little hard, but more than hard. It's just really beautiful. And it's exciting because they're ready to go and it feels really good. I'm excited about it. It's the last few months. They've both stepped into some new um, adventures and they're having the time of their life and it's really good. So that's a good thing that's going on right now. Watching my kids grow up. I love that so much. My kids are five and seven. So it's so encouraging to hear. I feel like so many people are like, Oh, just wait until they're teenagers. I'm like, I think they're going to be awesome teenagers. Like I like these people and they're five and seven. I think they're going to be great as teenagers. Yes. There'll be some things, but there are always some things, right? They're just different with different stages. So yes, I love, I think they just get better. Honestly, like they're amazing when they're little and they're even more amazing when they're big. Yes. I love it. That's so good. Greta, thank you so much for being on today. I've really enjoyed talking to you. I could talk to you all day. (laughs) Oh, I'm sure given the length of my answers, I could talk to you all day too, but your (laughs) listeners might get tired of it. (laughs) I don't know about that. Probably not. Uh, Thanks again for being here. Thanks for having me. I loved it. I really don't know how you could listen to Greta and not just be encouraged and excited to go outside and go on an adventure. I just love talking with her and love her. She is wonderful. So encouraging. And I feel like sometimes in our like hyper-connected digital world, our connections are really shallow. And just adventuring with those people that we care about, just going on a walk or doing something different can just really cut through that surface level type of relationship and just go deeper. And I don't know about you guys, but that's what I long for. I don't really long for more surface level connections. I long for deeper relationships with my family and my friends. And so I just loved being encouraged by Greta to create opportunities for deeper connection through adventuring. I think my good thing from talking to Greta, which she didn't actually say specifically, but is just to make time to go on adventures. So going on adventures, you have to have time for that. It takes time to go on a hike or to go for a walk or to, you know, spend time with your spouse or your friends or whatever. 
And so I want to be intentional to set aside time for connection with the people that I care about. And to be honest, that's really hard for me because I am very task oriented. I'm very good at focusing on getting things done, but I want to be intentional about developing those relationships and that connection, not just finishing my to-do list or having a clean house or putting all the laundry away or whatever it may be for you, getting all your schoolwork done or, you know, all your homework or whatever, whatever it is for you. I want to be intentional about connecting with the people that I love. So maybe you want to do this too. Maybe you want to start adventuring, but it feels overwhelming. I totally understand. So maybe you just start small, like Greta talked about. Maybe you go on a walk. Maybe you haven't been going on walks at all. And so you just take a walk around the block. Or maybe you have been going on walks or hanging out with friends and you just do it a little different. Maybe you go to a different coffee shop like she talked about or turn left instead of turning right on your normal walk and just create a little bit of change, a little bit of adventure and just see what happens. This is hard for me. So I know that this can be hard, but you can do it. Small first steps. Nothing big. Don't jump into crazy things. Maybe you, like me, also want some more specific directions about how to adventure. So you get Greta's book, Adventuring Together, or you pre-order her new book so you can get great ideas for how to start adventuring with your kids. And I'm just going to go ahead and be real honest. I haven't read the book yet because it is on pre-order right now, so it's not coming out till the end of March. But I have a sneaking suspicion. These are things that adults would probably enjoy doing too. So it's probably not just for kids. It would probably be something that you would enjoy as an adult if you don't have kids. So get one of her books and just figure out what's a small place for you to start. Because she talks about a lot of different places to start adventuring. Even adventuring through books in her book, Adventure Together. Adventuring Together. So... Maybe you listen or read that and get get some ideas about how to start small. Um, Those will be linked in the show notes, so you can easily get those right now. Or maybe you practice praying with others or by yourself when things get hard. I love that Greta mentioned that her family prays when they're on a hike and things get especially difficult, that they just stop down together and pray. And there's just so, uh, so much goodness there in uh, teaching our kids and ourselves to rely on God when things are hard. Maybe you start carrying treats for times when things get hard. (laughs) Or maybe you learn to say, this will make a great story later. Or maybe you just get some Dutch sprinkles and have some bread and butter and delicious sprinkles just for fun. Whatever your good thing is, check out Greta on Instagram, at mompawmodern, if you're on there. And I know you'll just find her really encouraging. You can also follow me. I'm at Good Things Podcast with underscores between the words on Instagram and no spaces on Facebook. And um, hopefully you'll be encouraged there as well. But whatever your good thing, I am so glad that you're here. And I have enjoyed getting to spend time with you. So thanks for being here. And I'll talk to you again in two weeks.